Marriage on a Tightrope supports couples in strengthening their mixed-faith marriage. Visit tightropemarriage.org to make a recurring donation and learn more about the mixed-faith community. Hi, welcome to another episode of Marriage on a Tightrope. This is Katie. This is Alan. And? Oh yeah, we're still married. Oh yes, we are. We wanted to put out a quick episode because we haven't yet talked about our Sunday experience and that's kind of the name of the game right now. So let's it talk is. about it. The the Cares Sunday episode came out the second week, came out before our second week, which is what you're listening to now. And if you listen to that episode of the Cares, you'll see that they are much more structured than we are. They are also life coaches, both of them. And so they're coaching each other on the episode, which is pretty cool. And we aren't going to do that. We're going to give you the raw, unscripted, we don't even have bullet points today, of just what the experience was like. And As Nacho Libre would say, the nitty-gritty. Get down to the nitty-gritty. (laughs) Nitty-gritty. Absolutely. So it was perfect, right? Nothing wrong? Everything was good? Oh my gosh, you guys! I think that we should have hit record in our in our bedroom last night because of excuse the, me. Well, you know. Oh yeah, the talk. The right. talk that spawned from us just sitting there till one thirty in the morning, and after out. it was all over, I said we should have been recording this. Yeah. Here we are. Little do you know that I hit record on my phone. No, you no didn't. I didn't. Unfortunately, I didn't. Because we did talk through a lot of this last night. But um, let's start with sacrament meeting and just chronological. Uh, try to work in some of the points that we talked about last night. Okay. So how was sacrament meeting for you, Alan? First of all, I want to say that I'm super sensitive to that question right now. Can I say why? Yeah. So I, oh gosh, guys. Okay. Alan has been coming back. This is the second week and he is hyper-focused on his needs during church, right? So laser focus, like what are they going to be teaching in later in the classes? So he looks at the lesson on his phone. What's being said from the pulpit, writing down notes, uh, texting me about things that are hard or things that are good, uh, calling on his friends and texting his groups where they understand how he's feeling. This is all going like this is all going on during sacrament meeting. And meanwhile, I'm sitting with four kids next to me, and this is nothing new. But I'm sitting ne- I'm I'm sitting there, and the kids are fighting. And they're squabbling, and it's total chaos, and I'm feeling so much grief from them, from the fact that I can't hear what's being said, because the kids are talking over the speakers. And I look over, and Alan is, like, laser-focused on his own thing, which I get. And I express last night to him how... It feels, it's really difficult for me because I feel like he's on this spiritual journey and he's trying to get something by coming back to church. And I get that. But in the meantime, I'm dealing with everything else with the kids. And I feel like it's 
I don't want to say like, poor me, poor me, poor me. But I feel like it's, I told him, I felt like it was really like a self-centered way to act because I'm, I'm trying to get something out for my own spirituality. And we've been so laser focused on him and what he's getting out of church that it feels like it's hurting me in some way. And we talked about this last night and I brought it up to him and to his credit, he immediately gave me a hug and he said, you're right. I'm so sorry. And Alan is really good at apologizing and recognizing when something was hard or I'm right about something and how that made him feel. And why don't you just talk about that? Uh, It tore me up last night because it was all in a very quick flash. I realized that I was being very selfish. Um, And my quote experiment or focusing on what I needed was completely blinding me to how that affected Katie. And that wasn't fair. And, um, I didn't congratulate. It's not the right word, but I was, I thanked her very quickly for saying what she did because, um, ding dong. Uh, that's, that's something that, Katie has a hard time doing is standing up for her own needs. And that's um, (laughs) a good flaw to have if you're someone close to Katie, because she always puts your, your needs ahead of hers and she has to self care for herself. So when she told me that, I just, I mean, you can probably hear it in my voice. No jokes being cracked right now. And not a lot of inflection because I still feel bad. Like it's been, um, it, it was it was a lot of focus on how I was feeling, and I was completely ignoring her experience. And immediately, you know, told her, "If you want, why don't I just keep the kids home, or why don't you sit with a friend in the back, and I'll sit with the kids alone in the pew? What anything, anything to help her get something out of something that's important to her." Um is is what I want to try to do and we haven't decided what we're going to do this Sunday but but that was the first thing that happened in in sacrament meeting uh like Katie said I I was taking notes on my phone I was texting her I was I was reading the lesson for uh for elders quorum and after you know we don't get into too many details here but Reading the lesson, uh, this is a, a good insight into the experience of a non-believer being at church. Someone that wants to be part of the community, but is either doubting or has completely thrown away the beliefs. Um, you you see in the program, this is what the, the, the lesson is on. Uh, you go and read the lesson and there's i mean the the central theme of the lesson something that is really hard for you it's a topic that hits home and then you realize shoot what if they're teaching this to my kids today so you're texting the um me you're texting yeah texting katie the primary president the primary president she's like nope that's not i don't know what they're doing in young men's with jackson but this is this isn't what we're teaching in this primary, is what we're teaching in primary i'm like cool and then that reminds me of like all of the weeks that I don't 
ask and what are they learning? And so all of a sudden being back in the pew is reminding me of all of these things uh, that I'm not sure I want to learn. I'm not sure I want my kids to learn. And then I'm reminded about Natasha and how uh, Natasha Helfer Parker talks about not protecting your kids. And then I pay attention. I look up Wait, to the let's stand. Let's go back and I- to that. Let's talk about what Natasha said. Natasha uh, made a comment that, look, it's not our job to protect our kids from everything out there because they're going to hear it at church. They'll hear it at school. They'll hear it in their workplace. They're, they're going to hear it, and you have no control over that. Our job as parents is to give our children the tools in order to identify what they believe is right and what is wrong when people speak up their opinion. Right. And and so that's what he's talking about with in regards to her quote. Right. Um, I got a hold of uh, my buddy who's in the young men's and, and asked him what the lesson was about. And he said it's about this talk in general conference. I went and read that talk. This is all during sacrament meeting. And it was one of the more difficult talks from general conference. And so uh, at the end of sacrament meeting, I, I leaned over to Jackson, my, our oldest, and I just put my arm around him and whispered in, in, into his ear and just said, um, in young men's today, the lesson is on something that's, that's very difficult for me and something that uh, I may not agree with. I'd like you to really pay attention so we can have a conversation at the end of um, when, we, when you get home about what the lesson was and see what you thought of it. You didn't tell me that. I didn't? No, you didn't. Yeah, I told him that at the end of the sacrament. And hmm. then when we got home, we did talk. And they didn't even bring up the talk. They, I don't remember exactly what he told me the lesson was about, but it was a really good, it was a good thing to learn. And I said, that's awesome. I really agree with that. And he's like, yeah, me too. I'm like, that's all right. Cool. That's great. So this, again, is another instance of... um. I should have leaned over to Katie and said, this is what the talk is. I'm not comfortable. I'd like to say something to Jackson. And I didn't because I was so focused on my own feelings. And in the end, it didn't end up causing anything because the lesson was fine. But that was a lot going on in just the first hour. I only heard one talk. And the one talk I heard was excellent. There was a young woman in our ward who spoke about, basically about how we don't know what other people are going through. And she gave some examples. And I got more out of that talk, that one 10-minute talk, than I did in all of church. It was seriously, it was the best talk. And the rest was just kind of a blur because of the kids. But then we got to the second hour and... I will say before church, I had done more counsel. After church, I had uh, primary meetings. And so it was kind of a really long, full day for me. But that second hour, you know, it's wham, bam, kids in, kids out, clean up, take a kid to the bathroom, you know, or to his parents. We don't take kids to the bathroom, but (laughs) take a kid to their parents to go to the bathroom and and so I just, I don't get much out of the second hour. And that's not a bad thing. I really love what I do. But when you don't get a lot out of the second hour, it's super important for me to have something out of the first hour. So 
we worked through that. <laughs> yeah. So now I know, night. you know, I mean, obviously if I'm not going at all, you're not going to have that help when I'm not there. But if I am there, I'm certainly going to be more conscious to helping <laughs> in the future. Um, the, the, the message itself, I think what's difficult and what, what we don't want to do on this podcast, as you know, if you're listening to multiple episodes, we, we never want to call individuals out. Um, that's actually one of the more conflicting and difficult things about going back is you love these people. I love all of these people. There's, I think I put in a recent Facebook post, there's not a single person in the ward that I wouldn't invite over for dinner. Every single person is great and they're super nice. Even those that I've had disagreements, heated disagreements with, I don't hold that against them. I hope they don't hold it against me. So to have these wonderful people that you love and that are your neighbors and you see walking their dogs and mowing their lawns, to hear them talk and, and say some of the things they say hurts that much more and at the same time you you don't blame them for it because you you understand like i felt this way too and then they're saying these and it's you know especially the messages that talk about those that no longer believe um are particularly difficult because here i am no longer believing and and some of the things that they're saying about why people no longer believe are not the truth in most situations. And Katie, you, you said in one instance, and you can be generic about it, right? But you said in one instance, going back to the young women's talk, you don't know what people have gone through. And that, that helped you understand that that can shape why some people talk about non-believers the way they do. Right. You want to talk about that for a second? Sure. We There was a certain person who they had a traumatic past with um, a family member who left the church, but it was guns a blazing and it was, it was probably an, a very, very extreme example, but that's all they had to go off of, which I can understand how they feel. If that's the only exposure they've ever had to someone who left the church, I can understand why their feelings would be really harsh and raw towards people like Alan and not specifically Alan, but you know, they always talk in generalities. Well, when, you know, when people leave the church, that sort of thing, but I, I don't blame him because I know some of the backstory and someone who doesn't know the backstory, which I had to give Alan some of that context, it would be, of course, it's going to be hard, but it goes back to that talk. We just don't know how, how, the interactions that other people have had and how they've come to where they're at. And so I think that Alan, for me, in my opinion, for Alan going to church is not helpful. Are you going to finish out the month? I don't know. I'm not sure. It's, I mean, you know, some of the things that I didn't expect going back, I expected to hear things that I didn't agree with, of course. 
I expected to want to raise my hand. I expected it to be hard when I didn't raise my hand because I didn't want to jump out as super vocal. Hey, I haven't been here for eight months. I'm going to start making comments again. Um, but I expected all of that. So that, you know, yeah, difficult. But the things that I didn't expect, um, I didn't expect some of the like hopeful reactions that I've, that I've gotten both from those in the ward and other people that just know that I'm going back, whether it's family or friends of some of the, Oh, you're back. And the way that it's said, or even directly said, is like there's hope that I'm that I believe again, and I don't. <laughs> so no, it's but no one has said that specifically. I know it's. I know when you come back to church, though, it does give the illusion that you are trying to come back for good. Yeah, I mean, I think I most have someone people in the don't. Hall. Most people don't even know why you why you were gone. Right, and and again, that's where. where that's the the hard part and the conflicting part is that, you know, someone puts their hand on your shoulder and says, it's really good to see you. Welcome back. And you can, you read between the lines that they're saying like, good for you. You're back in the flock. And I'm like, Ugh. it's such a nice sentiment. And I'm so glad that they're wrapping their arms around me. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't want to give so them this give false them sentiment. Like, well, I don't want to... I don't want to be deceitful. I'm not trying to, I don't want to paint a picture of like, of, Hey, I'm, uh, I'm the same old Alan from three years ago. Cause I'm not. And that's, that's me. Not, I, I didn't, ex, I didn't expect to have that kind of effect. And I'm not saying like everyone is thinking about me cause I'm there again, but I don't want to give people the wrong impression and that was something that I didn't really think about before I went back. Okay. Can I ask something sensitive? Yeah. I... Uh, can we bring up the Facebook post? Yeah, of course. Is that something you want? I mean, let's do it. So Alan last night shared with me a Facebook post that he put up on his personal facebook page and it was all about him and four very specific situations where he spoke up or spoke out because of because he didn't believe that what was being said was right or or, you know he offered a difference of opinion he just wanted to give something to everyone to think about alan did this in a really respectful way. He posted it respectfully. He wanted an open conversation within his Facebook post. I'm not on Facebook. And if I'm being completely honest with you, this is one of the reasons why is it's hard for me to read some of Alan's posts because anyway, I don't want to get into that. You're (laughs) very private. I'm I'm very public. Right. So anyway, I, he read, he didn't read me the whole post. He read me some of the posts and then gave, told the four specific examples and then shared with me one of the comments that someone made. And this set off the whole conversation last night because I, 
I just got really pensive about why he would post that. And not only am I private, but I'm super loyal. So I feel like really loyal to my neighborhood and my ward. I'm loyal to my husband also, but I just feel like I have to protect people. And I just wouldn't want anyone to look poorly or... And Alan knows this, and he wasn't trying to make anyone look bad. That that's that's neither here or there. But I just get like tense. I'm trying to explain why I get tense when I when I hear about these things, because there are people in my ward who listen to the podcast. There are people in my ward who are Ellen's Facebook friends, and I would just hate for one of them to read his post and look at it and say, I don't feel comfortable saying something now because what if he says he talks about me in the podcast, or what if he talks about me? In his Facebook post, and he sing, he doesn't single people out, but I think you get what I'm saying. That it's just, it's bigger, it's just more than me. It's, you know, our, our ward's kind of like this little petri dish where all of our interactions and feelings and things that are happening are happening with friends and in the neighborhood. So that was hard for me to listen to, and I, asked some really honest questions and it wasn't confrontational and it wasn't mean spirited it just I'm trying to understand and I feel like and I said this to Alan but I don't understand where like I feel like this is a need for validation about how you feel about how you're being perceived or how you respond. Like, I feel like you're looking for validation from other people. And I told him this and I feel like validation comes from a place of insecurity, a place from like not knowing where, who you are, where you want to be. And and so I started to get all like, not belonging, anywhere. not belonging, not having a place to sort of, um, belong in. Anyway, I, I just, I went into all of these things last night and I want to ask you, have you thought about that? Have you, do you feel like there's any truth to that? Maybe I'm completely grasping at straws here, but we didn't really talk about that. I think the insecurity that I have um, comes from mostly the not belonging anywhere. I don't feel like I fit in. I clearly don't fit in to the ward. Um, that's no longer my, my community. I, I, we talked about this last night. I don't really fit into the post-Mormon world either. Yeah. And I love, I mean, I'm in a couple of groups and I've talked about them on a few episodes here or there, but and I, they're great people. Um, Matt Harward said this in our Facebook group today. It's like there's face-to-face, person-to-person interaction that is needed. And no amount of Facebook groups is going to fill that. And I've gone to a few post-Mormon like, meetups. And they're fun. They're, they're great people. And I'll still do it because it's, it's good to do. But especially when you're one of the only people there that is alone, right? Talk about the reverse situation from church. 
you go alone and most people there are in couples and that's that's difficult you don't quite fit in the same way and it has nothing to do with how they're treating you at all like they're again everyone's great and so we, they're um, even saying things that you agree with so there's not even disagreement happening and to be fair I feel like like low I feel lonely at church but I also feel lonely when Alan goes to these groups and they meet up and I'm not with him and I told him I know that we can have separate things I know that we can be individuals but for 15 years we've been doing it together and it's a really hard thing to to mentally even separate from that yeah I you know, I love having my own thing with a few things, but I don't feel I have a big need to have a lot of individual things. Yeah, I'm just yeah. about to to play World of Warcraft with with my brothers and their sons, and like I'm really excited about that. That that'll be fun, but I don't really need much more than that individually. And so what we talked about last night was because we like each other. We do. What I talked about last night with Katie together, we talked about. You know, I'd love to find a community that we can enjoy together. And that doesn't mean find another church. It's just, I don't know what it means. Like, that's that's kind of where we're at right now is, and I haven't put much thought into it today. It was, it's a, it was a relatively busy day, but I'd love to find a community that fits both of us. Which... Right now, we fit really well. We have some really great friends that are also mixed-faith couples. And wouldn't you say, like, that's... So right now, this the best place for us are with our mixed-faith couple friends that we go out with. We both feel comfortable there. We both can share things that everyone can relate to. And I just wish that there was a <laughs> a church... Mixed faith marriage group. Mixed faith marriage church. That would that everyone could go to and sit and talk about all of these things. But there's not. <laughs> and starting our own church would probably not work too well. Whether it's I don't if it's a book club, we've heard of Thomas McConkie's Lower Lights, which we're looking at, but that's also mildly religious. I don't even know. But um we're just kind of on the prowl for that. Finding something that we can have a community together. Uh, that's something that the LDS church does really well. It does community really well. It and does. it does. I mean, it, it does. It does it very well. It's just feel, hard when you don't fit in. Right. I, is it only the church stuff? Like we have this ward barbecue coming up this weekend and generally it's like a big dinner and slip and slide for the kids and it's at the park and it's super fun is that something you feel comfortable going to yeah we've i've been to that twice since we've since i've stopped leaving right so is it i'm just trying to identify it is it just church like when there's social functions that doesn't cause you anxiety or stress no 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 okay there's some there's certain triggers and mostly it's when you're at church is when people are talking about things that um not that I disagree with but that in my opinion are harmful things to teach. Yeah. That's that's when it gets hard for me. So at a picnic that doesn't happen. <laughs> 
And I hope, like, I don't, I just want to stress how many great people we have in the neighborhood and ward. And, but, um, I think I've been super blessed with really, really good friends in my neighborhood. And a lot of them, it, the, the church thing isn't the common denominator. We've got Disney or we've got yeah. plays or we've got K-pop or whatever it might be. <laughs> okay, that's another, that's a story for another day. But we'll do a BTS episode. We'll do a BTS episode. Guys, it's going to be in Korean. No, <laughs> I, um, I mean, there's, there's just, we have other things in common and we get invited to dinner at people's homes. We invite them to our homes and we really do have like, this great, like, great friends yeah. right here. It's just, like, the larger group, um, which makes up the ward that it can be difficult in. Right. But, like, I feel really blessed that we have so many. We are surrounded by a lot of really good people who love Alan for who he is, who accept him, who love seeing him, who will talk to him, who will ask him questions about church. We have one friend in particular that... She'll talk about church or she'll talk about just Alan's experience. She listens to the podcast. And I think that means so that means so much to me. Yeah. Just people that ask. It's super nice. Yeah. It's super nice. The people are great. Um, yeah. It's it's complicated, right? It's so complicated. It's very complicated. Yeah. I was talking to one of the ward members um, uh, after church and one of the ones that, that asks or talks to me pretty, pretty openly about some of these things. And, and I, I use the the concept of obedience as an example of like, you think about what is obedience teaching you and obedience in the church leads to some really good behaviors, mm-hmm. leads to healthy living. It mm-hmm. leads to, um, being mindful of, of your body and your sexuality. And it, it leads to service, to service and, yeah. and to being selfless with mm-hmm. your finances, with your money. There's really great things about obedience. And then on my side, the same exact word can be triggering because obedience can be used as a bludgeon or as a weapon, as a hammer. And that's super frustrating. And so, you know, do I want my kids to learn how to how to control their their bodies and how to... Um, be selfless with their finances. I absolutely do, but not with all the the baggage that comes with some of some of the way it's taught. So it's it's so it's so complicated. It's just difficult. Um, I knew that it would be hard to go back. Some of the ways that it has been hard, I didn't expect. And again, it's a growing opportunity. I'm I. Some people have said that I I'm torturing myself, and I think maybe I am. But it's, I said that <laughs> at the very, I know at the very least, if I get nothing else out of it, I will, I will come out of this experience saying I need to get my head off. I need to get my brain out of my head and just be more empathetic towards Katie when it comes to how she's experiencing things because so much focus is put on the non-believer and uh, in this in this situation of how does the church make you feel and that's that's not fair and so 
I'm grateful that I've learned that that lesson. I don't know what will happen this next week or the next. I've I've said earlier I would love to just keep the kids home so Katie can enjoy it there, but I don't know if she would enjoy it alone. I'd love to go this Sunday and sit, have her sit on the aisle, and I'll sit right next to her so no kids can be next to her. <laughs> just, again, I think we're both willing to try anything and everything. And when something doesn't work, we'll change it. And ultimately, that will likely lead to me not coming anymore. Um, but again, who knows? I don't know. We'll see what happens. I've thought, I've daydreamed today and I even said it to you last night. Like, I've thought, I'm just going to talk to the Elders Quorum president and say, the next meeting that we have in Elders Quorum, can I start and just say, this is where I am. This is who I am. This is what I believe. This is what I don't believe. If I'm still welcome here, that would be awesome because I think you guys are great. I would rather just call a spade a spade. And that's one thing I've thought about. It, 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 and then in an hour, I'll feel differently. So it's just it, it, the, the merry-go-round just keeps spinning. Anything? Why do you feel like you need to say that? It's nice to let people know where you're at. And if they're comfortable knowing that. I don't know if that would make it easier for everyone to just know where I'm at. Would it? I, mean, I don't know. I haven't really thought about it. I've thought about talking to the bishop about it. What do you think if I said something like this? I don't know what the right thing is. I love to be open and authentic, and there's nothing more open and authentic than saying that in the church block. <laughs> So I have, I just have like a little bit of hesitation because I feel like you should be able to speak your truth. You've been a member for how many years and you've given a lot of your time and life to the church and effort and service and money. And I mean, I can go on and on. I also feel though that like them accepting you Again, it it goes back to, I don't feel like you need, ex- I don't know, I, I, I don't, I don't know. This is hard for me. I feel like people should be able to go and it's pretty clear that people want to worship the, the way that they want to and I worry about how other people are going to feel when you say something like that in an elders quorum maybe they'll just put their arms around you and say you're you're always welcome and we love you here does that mean that they're going to change the way that they they say things i don't think so right i don't like what what do you my purpose i don't want to try but i know but it's kind of like if you know that church isn't healthy for you and it's hard to be there and you can't be there, but then you say something that like that in elders quorum and it's like mic drop and you don't come back to church. No, it's not a mic drop. It's not a mic drop. I'm leaving. It's like a, no, hey, I, I'm here. You've noticed I've been here. Just want to let everyone know this is where I'm at. Right. But why, why do that? Make Why make it uncomfortable for everybody when you know that you're not going to stick around. If It'd be one thing if you were sticking around, but you know that you can't, that's not your thing. You can't do that. So why even bring it up? 
Do you know? Do you know what I'm asking? I'm not being mean about it. I'm just asking. Right. I mean, it would probably be part of the message would be if I did it. I'm not saying I'm going to do it, but if I did it, part of the message would be sometimes you'll see me, sometimes you won't. I'll maybe here for birthdays and Christmases and Easters. 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 <laughs> Another notch. That's twice Latter Libre in this episode. Uh, I'm glad that makes me proud. You um, should play the Incarnacion. I don't know. Like I've I've got comments from my facebook post ringing in my head that is it's is it possible to agree with what everyone says in on the facebook post because i've got people that have left the church that have said you have absolutely no right to raise your hand being a full non-believer and say what you've said like you'd if if someone came into your post-mormon group and started preaching the church you would kick them out so why are you mad that people are upset when you go and talk about something they don't believe and I'm like, yeah, I get it. And that's old. That's what that exact thought is. What led me to stop going eight months ago. And so, like right now, this little experiment, I can't emotionally detach myself from it. The plan was four weeks, and let's record after every week. And in my naivete, I thought, yeah, this will be. It may be hard, but I'm totally going to do it. What I didn't expect is, is, like enjoying this community and enjoying going. And even though a lot of the stuff I'm hearing is difficult and it's like, okay, well, if I were going to make a full blown effort to be here, what would that look like? I would, I would need everyone to know where I'm at. And if they can accept me for that, maybe I just found a way that I can be involved. And if it doesn't work, then okay, then I, I, all right. But it, that does that still doesn't shield you from any of the comments or, you know, like the 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 deep down reasons and the syntax and and the things that are said. It, it doesn't shield you from that. So you're still gonna feel bad when you hear stuff like that. I'm I'm not saying that I know the answer. No, and that I know what I'm gonna. If I say something, it's gonna fix everything. No, I. Know. But it's something I have never done. Right. I've always just kind of made disagreements without saying why mm-hmm. I disagree, mm-hmm. but yeah. I would, you know, I've, it's something I haven't tried and I've, I think I've shown I'm willing to try whatever to see if it makes things easier for this person, for that person. What if, what if all of a sudden I get a lot more empathetic responses and now I share with, with listeners or people on Facebook, like, Hey, it was a lot better for me just to tell everyone exactly where I was and they actually embraced me for it or the opposite happens. I don't, they, they don't change. And then I'm like, well, whoops, I tried. You shouldn't because it didn't go well for me. Do you know, do you see what I'm saying? Okay. So I totally see what you're saying. I really do. I think that, we have to figure out your insecurity before you do something like that. Because I, I, I feel like right now where you're at in your, how you're feeling, I wouldn't want like something super negative to happen. And it just cause causes you to be in a deep depression. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, 
We're real good at this, aren't we? <laughs> well, I mean, I don't regret any of the awkward silences or back and forth because, like, this is the real working through of how we're feeling. I don't like, mean I'm I'm not ready to let go. Obviously, I have a podcast. I live in Utah. I have this Ward family. I talk about it on Facebook. We get listeners. And we talked last night. Like, I'm worried that if me letting go means I press stop on everything. And I don't know. I have no gear outside of full steam ahead and stop completely. And stop completely... I don't like the ramifications of stop completely. What do you think will happen if you stop completely? Well, what stop completely means, and I mean, I said this after a particularly difficult Sunday a few months ago. Stop completely. If you remember, I said to you, I said, if I had to make a decision today, I would be done with all things church. That means I'm not going to be at Zara's baptism. That means if... A kid is whining about going to church. I don't want to have anything to do with it. I don't like that. I don't think that's the right thing to do. And I think that distances me from my own family. And that's stupid. But I have not found a good common ground to be engaged. Other than if I'm going to be engaged, I'm going to do it the way that that I feel like I need to do it. And I'm super vocal. And I'll make mistakes and learn from them if I, I mean, I just don't, I don't know any, let's just maybe table this topic by re- mentioning it to you, the listener. How have you found success in throttling down from full steam to one engine? <laughs> I don't know ship terms. <laughs> I, I don't know um, if I'm explaining that well, but like I, I I struggle. It's hard for me to to see Katie's discomfort with how vocal I am or how vocal I want to be, um, while at the same time seeing a lot of positive come from those moments. And so it's like that's that's a struggle for me too. How do you feel about that? It's your, it's a struggle for you to see me struggle with you. <laughs> Is that what you're I saying? Think, yeah, I think it's a good thing to, if I didn't care what you thought, I would just say like, whatever, I'm just going to do it. Right? I, w- I wouldn't care. But I do care. I care about, I mean, you live in this ward. I completely see and recognize how uncomfortable things can be for you if I just go off I shouldn't say go off the rails because you trust that I'll be respectful in things that I do say but we don't want to create a situation that makes you feel uncomfortable with people at church or ostracized or right Mm -hmm. it's hard enough being there alone and Mm -hmm. not fitting the the perfect family so it's like I I do weigh those things I don't want it to be me going and and saying whatever I want whenever I want in this in the for the sake of trying whatever I can to make things work because I know that I'm not the only one that's affected by it. 
So this episode has turned out to be a lot longer than we were like. We were oh yeah, do we'll like do quick, minutes. quick twenty minute. And now here we are, forty five minutes. So in. what do you think, everybody? You, we've kind of hit record, and and we've been looking at each other the whole time, and not really talking to you. We've been talking to each other. But what do you think? Do you think? Um, what have you found as a good middle ground of of being being there and uh, or <laughs> this is so hard to say. I mean, I I think the answer is I just don't go because the things that were easier when we don't go when I don't go. We yeah. had gotten used to that. Right. Why does a big part of me not want that? Because I don't have anything to replace it with. You don't have anything to replace it with because you care about your wife and your your family. And it's pretty miserable when we're gone. Right. And we don't share that anymore. I mean, there's multiple layers as to why. Yeah. I don't doubt the why. (sighs) (laughs) Sometimes you have to hash things out. Other times you take a break. This has been hashing out, and you can hear our kids screaming downstairs. So we should probably go. But I think this this episode is a really important example of things... Don't think like you're the only ones that have difficult conversations that don't figure things out in one conversation. Or two. Or two. two This is the second conversation. Like, I want you to know, Katie, that I'm committed to just figuring it out. If, If anything, I hope you see that I will try anything. And things that I do try, I'm trying hard not to do them in a vacuum. So keep telling me how you feel because it's really important to me. Um, you guys, I hope you feel this. I hope you can, you can tell like we truly are two crazy kids who decided to hit record and document our journey. Mm. We're not, we do not have it all figured out. We do not have all happy days. Things get really hard, but this, these are the days where the happiest days usually follow because you show each other once again that you choose each other and you're going to work through the hard times and you're going to wipe the tears right when you hit stop on this recording. He's prompting me. (laughs) Final words, Katie? We don't have it all figured out. We don't. And I think I don't want to present something that is put together and we have all the answers because we don't and it's hard and all I know is I love my husband I want to figure this out I want to get him to a place where he feels comfortable and he has community and we can both be on the same page again because it just it can feel like it's never going to happen And sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't. But time. Time heals. Time heals. So does Seas Candy and Netflix, which we'll be enjoying (laughs) in about 20 minutes once we can get our screaming children to bed. (laughs) Stay on that tightrope, everybody. There's hard days. There's easier days. And uh, today was a hard one. 
today and yesterday were very difficult for us. And um, we we will make sure. I'm I'm already feeling like we need a very positive episode. <laughs> I was just gonna say we maybe next episode we'll do a music. We've thought we've talked about yeah, doing we're talking about doing another music another episode. music episode. I think a lot of you loved the song by Ben Platt. Yeah. Grow as we go. I think that spoke to so many of you because we got a lot of messages saying how much you loved it. So yay! Hopefully we can share a few more songs that yeah. will help you through this. Yeah. The best way to get a hold of us, if you'd like to send an email, you can at marriageinatightrope at gmail.com. If you want to participate in group discussion, our Facebook group's the best place to do that. That's Marriage on a Tightrope on Facebook. On Instagram. Yeah, Marriage on a Tightrope on Instagram. I'm the one that responds. So if you have a specific question or you just need a vent, whatever, send me a send me a message and I'm usually really good about responding pretty quickly. Yeah. You can send a message to me privately on Facebook. If you have the same desire to reach out just to me, uh, you can just send me a message on Facebook as well. And of course you can email us at marriage on tightrope at gmail.com. We get a lot of emails through there and we love hearing those because we get to hear a little bit more of your stories. So that's great. We've and, said that twice, but that's okay. Oh gosh. It's important. See. You can also email us at marriage Shut on up. tightrope. Number three. Uh, and then if you would like to donate, you can go to our website, marriageonatightrope.org, and you can scroll down and donate to us if you find what we put out valuable. I will say that there's a friendly um, competition. Every time Radio Free Mormon gets a donation he rubs it in my face and sends me a text and that's really rude so don't let an apostate we're not ego, like as radio ego free mormon statistical as him <laughs> <laughs> it's true i finally got to meet him and it was great i gave him a very large man hug it was wonderful thank you very much for listening and we will see you on the next episode of marriage on a tightrope <laughs>